Lights, camera, action. When a script is written that is so bad, no one will film it. These brave podcasters will bring it to life just so they can mock it. This is Table Reads. So the movie's kaput, which means your script ain't worth the buffalo shit on a nickel. Table Reads with Sean McBee, Jeff Lewis, and Joshua Baker. Yes, that's right. We are back. Me, Sean, uh, got a Josh over there, a Jeff over there. How's me, everybody doing? Me, Sean. Me, Sean. I thought you were just me, Sean. Me, comma, Sean. <laughs> I'm the new Sean. <laughs> Sean is me. Hello, I'm Sean. Why does Jeff get second billing? Fuck you, Jeff. I, I think he flip-flops it just so we have this conversation. <laughs> I'll tell you exactly why. I actually expected this conversation earlier. Uh, it's because... Um, by the time I had the guy record it, he had a new mic, so he had trouble matching the audio, and it's less notable noticeable in that position. Oh, okay. Oh, is is like is like Sean McVee, Josh Baker, and S- Jeff Lewis. So am I. I'm less yeah. noticeable in this position as well. Oh, you bitch. Because you're on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> if you could see, he's standing over me, trying to lord over me. He's standing over me too, but I'm not sitting. <laughs> <laughs> he stands over all of us. <laughs> Who are you people down there doing this podcast? <laughs> Who are those tiny people? <laughs> so we're heading into part three of Chris Columbus's Indiana Jones three. And I don't know what's going to happen. We finally got to basically the sort of meat and potatoes of any Indiana Jones script. You got Nazis, we got a quest, we got an annoying girl. We got a, a useful taxi driver named Scraggy. And we got a sweet uh we got a sweet hot take by uh by Sean with the barrel of Betsy's. <laughs> but check this out. Previously on Table Reads. So we started with Indy taking a vacation to an episode of Scooby-Doo, which gives us a first act that appears to be 100% divorced from the rest of the movie, because then we pick up with Jones and his normal day job, which, as we all know, is professor of fucking. <laughs> we, meet, we meet two of his fuck students and some normal ar- archaeology students as well. Most notably among them, Betsy, the student he's currently banging, until he's convinced to chase after a mythical monkey king in Africa, which prompts her to attempt suicide three times in the span of five minutes, before packing herself up into a banana barrel for three weeks in order to surprise Indy in Africa, which doesn't help his chances with the hot anthropologist he wants to make his new bang buddy, Dr. Claire Clark. Meanwhile, unbeknownst to the whole Indy entourage, an evil Nazi named Gutterbug has planted a radio transmitter on Indy. Fade in. All right, no more recaps because you just made it sound really good. We've been making fun of this script. <laughs> Wait, you don't like Professor of Fucking? No, I'm saying that you made it sound better in your recap. And yeah, we've if just he been was shitting all over. If this. he was the Professor of Fucking, I'd be like, Indiana Jones is the Professor of Fucking. He dicked one girl so hard she tried to kill herself. <laughs> Uh, she was, like, really trying, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. She was not to be dissuaded. <laughs> All right. Uh, interior hotel. Gutterberg, Gutterbug walks through the dimly lit lobby, filled with dusty, tacky African furnishings. He turns a corner into a narrow, decrepit hallway. He stops at the last doorway room 113. He opens the door with a key and enters. Interior. Room. A small, musty hotel room. It is furnished with a single bed, a sofa, two chairs, and a fireplace. Two bizarre African statues adorn the fireplace mantle. Gutterbug carefully locks the room door. He walks to the fireplace. He tilts one of the African statues forward. There is a mechanical creaking sound. Suddenly, the sofa begins to move. 
It slides a few feet, revealing an opening beneath the floor. A staircase leads into the opening. Gutterbug descends the stairs. Interior, opening. Looking at this page, it looks like you guys are like starting the day with a vacation. Ah, <laughs> oh, nice. Interior, opening. Gutterbug enters a large, brightly lit room. We are inside of a secret Nazi headquarters, which is, of course, built into a hotel in Africa. Does anybody have any questions about how that was achieved? How do we know it's a secret Nazi headquarters? Like, what does that look like? Uh, Swastikas on the walls? (laughs) If you were going to... But they're, like, turned the other way? (laughs) (laughs) When he walks in, he just turns the things around? He looks in in a mirror like... (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) The room is filled with various communications equipment and radio transmitters. Several Nazi soldiers are seated before the equipment, monitoring various radio signals. An enormous glass panel covers one wall. Through the panel we see two speedboats, long, sleek, high-powered, mahogany-hulled. Both speedboats are adorned with a swastika. Pause. Are there speedboats in 1937? I mean... The Nazis were on cutting edge of technology, so maybe they're the ones that started the whole motorized. Speedboat. I better see a fucking Nazi on a jet ski. <laughs> I also like that they're like, oh, quick, quick, secret Nazi headquarters that they drive their swastika speedboats into. Right. Ah, uh, <clears throat> right. That's swastika speedboats. They float in water like a boat does. You mean? In an underground man-made chamber, directly beside the speedboats, parked on a stone incline, are two automobiles. The cars are enormous, beautiful woodies, equipped with a running... (laughs) (laughs) So Indies isn't the only beautiful woody we get in this movie? Ba-doom! I'm gonna eat a banana. Nailed it. (laughs) Equipped with a running board and wood-paneled sides, the cars glisten brand new. Gutterbug turns to Klaus, a hulking Nazi who stands in the corner. Pointing to Klaus's feet, Gutterbug shouts an order to Klaus. Camera pounds, pans to Klaus's feet. The Nazi's boot is untied. A long string dangles to the floor. The embarrassed Klaus kneels and sloppily reties his shoe. Gutterbug turns to a Nazi who sits at a radio receiver. The Nazi wears headphones, listening for a transmission. The long, frightening shadow of a man overcomes Gutterbug. He turns. Fear covers but Gutterbug's face. The shadow raises its arm. Heil Hitler! Gutterbug also raises his right arm. But a bizarre, mechanical squeak is caused by the movement of his arm. Lieutenant Werner von... I'm going to guess that's supposed to be Mephisto. I'm just going to say Mephisto. Yes, it Mephisto says, yeah, the next, the next time it yeah. says it's somewhere else. Oh, yeah. Okay, Vendor so it's a typo von... when it's introduced. Mephisto. Okay. <laughs> Lieutenant Werner von Mephisto stands before Gutterbug. Mephisto is a Nazi nightmare. His face is thick and bullish. His bulging eyes are reddish brown, giving him the appearance of a demon from hell. He has no facial hair, no eyebrows, no eyelashes, completely bald. His body is thick, muscular. He is over six feet tall. He glares down at Gutterbug. Were you successful? Gutterbug gives a timid nod. With trembling fingers, he reaches over and turns up the volume of the radio transmission. The voices of Indiana, Betsy, Claire, and Scraggy echo through a tiny, tinny speaker. Mephisto manages a pleased grunt. Hmm. Keep a record of everything that is said. Gutterbug nudges the officer before him. The officer hurriedly begins to scrawl a manuscript of the radio transmission. Mephisto nods. Ever since our battle for the Ark, for the lost Ark, the Fuhrer has been very interested in the adventures of Indiana Jones. Very interested. Exterior. Zoological compound. A miniature zoo. 
The peaceful compound is surrounded with small man-made lakes and palm trees. There are countless metal cages filled with various animals. The tigers, lions, gorillas, and other violent creatures are kept behind bars. But the llamas, giraffes, deer, and various tame animals are free to roam the compound grounds. Indiana enters with Claire, Betsy, and Scraggy. The persistent Betsy is annoying Indy. She attempts to snuggle closer to him. Indiana pushes her away. Betsy tries to hold his hand. Indy shakes her loose. Scraggy watches all of this, giggling to himself. We hear singing, a high-pitched, beautiful voice. Claire walks to the far end of the compound toward the singing. The others follow. Betsy walks by Bonzo, a large chimpanzee. As Betsy passes, the chimp catches a familiar smell. Oh, Jesus Christ. Bonzo begins to follow Betsy. Claire opens the door of a large metal cage. Here, the singing is louder. Claire enters the cage. Indiana follows. Scraggy blesses the cage, then enters. Betsy moves to go inside, but Bonzo's large, hairy hand reaches out and grabs Betsy, pulling the girl off screen. Interior cage. Filled with handmade wooden and bamboo furniture, Tiki, the adorable pygmy from Marcus's film, is inside. Tiki is dressed only in a belted leather loincloth and sandals. He is perched on the floor, working on a large tapestry. The tapestry depicts a colorful picture of clouds. The buildings of a large city are reflected on the clouds. Tiki pleasantly sings as he does his work. Upon hearing the cage door open, Tiki looks up. He sees Claire. A joyous smile covers his face. The pygmy runs to Claire, giving her a big, a huge hug and kiss. Claire introduces Tiki to the others. Tiki, this is Dr. Jones. Tiki extends his right hand. He shakes Indiana's hand. Indiana is charmed by the civilized display of friendship. Indy smiles at Claire. He's a real gentleman. Just basic manners. What it takes most men a lifetime to learn. Tiki's accomplished in two weeks. This is our guide, Scraggy Briar. And Miss Betts, Claire pauses, noticing that Betsy is missing. Claire suddenly breaks into a laugh. She points off screen. Everyone turns. Man, there better be a monkey fucking her hair. Exterior compound. Bonzo is being extremely affectionate toward Betsy. The chimpanzee pulls and grabs at Betsy. It is all very similar to what Betsy has been doing to Indiana. Betsy wrestles with Bonzo, calling Indy for help. Interior cage. Everyone chuckles at Betsy's dilemma. It appears that Bonzo is attracted to Miss Tuffet's perfume. Eau de banana peel. Tiki has gone back to his artwork. A fascinated Indiana looks over the pygmy's shoulder. Where did you find him? About ten miles from here. We were on a photographic expedition in the thick of the jungle. I heard sounds, whimpering, moaning. I took a few steps and found Tiki. He was lying in a shallow swamp, semi-conscious. A high fever, nearly dead from exhaustion. He had obviously been traveling on foot for many days, over countless miles. So I brought him back to the compound, nursed him back to health. Indiana stares at the pygmy. A skeptical look covers his face. Claire, I I hate to quibble with your anthropological abilities. Quibble? But if this little fella is over years old... 200, it's supposed to say 200. If this little fella is over 200 years old, I mean... What accounts for his youthful appearance, his vitality? Claire opens a door at the rear of the cage. It leads into another room, directly behind the cage. Claire and Indiana enter. Scraggy stays behind. He exchanges a friendly smile with Tiki. Meanwhile, in the background, we see Betsy and the chimpanzee. They roll by on the ground, still wrestling. Close up. Peace stone. A fruit frog. Fruit fry. A fruit fly crawls along the peach pit's surface. Tiki was wearing this when I found him. Camera pulls back. We are in a small, sterile room. The peach stone rests on a table. Indiana and Claire stand over the stone. Indy picks up the stone, examining it. 
an annoying fruit fly buzzes around Indy's head. Camera pans down to Indiana's trouser leg. The radio transmitter is still attached to his pants. The tiny bug's eyes blink. Red. Cut to Sergeant Gutterbug. He stands inside of Nazi headquarters, huddled over the radio. The voices of Indiana and Claire echo over the speaker. Gutterbug furiously transcribes the conversation. Dr. Jones, you are obviously familiar with the legend of Sun Wu Kings. Now it, now it is Kings. It's supposed to be Kung's. Kung, right. Dr. Jones, you are obviously familiar with the legend of Sun Wu Kung's Garden of Immortal Peaches. A bite from the fruit of that peach tree would give a person eternal life. Make them forever young. Forever young. The vicious Gutterbug smiles. Camera pans to his notebook. Gutterbug underlines the words, forever young. So he's writing in English? Right. He's <laughs> been speaking German with subtitles this whole time. So oh. I'll just write this down in English. I, I, I love this song. <laughs> Studying the peach pit, the fruit fly can... Oh, my bad. No, you're good. You're That's it. Cut back to... <clears throat> it's... It's... Not dialogue. My piece is... That part's not dialogue. Yeah, it's continued. Oh, it's fucked up. Yeah, I see. Yeah, that's... Bad formatting. Fu- bad formatting, yeah. Cut back to Indiana studying the peach pit. The fruit fly continues to buzz around Indiana's head. There's nothing unusual about this. Nothing to indicate that it's from Sun Wu Kung's garden. The fruit fly lands on Indiana's neck. Indy smacks the fly, killing it. A shocked Claire runs to Indiana. She grabs his hand and gently removes what remains of the fruit fly. She glares at Indiana, furious. This fruit fly has a normal lifespan of 24 hours. As an experiment, the fly was put in this room, alone, with only the peach stone to sustain its existence. The fly stayed alive for three weeks. Until now. She flicks the fly against the wall. Indy gives an embarrassed shrug. Sorry. Indiana and Claire are suddenly interrupted by the sound of Scraggy and Tiki's laughter. This is followed by the two of them having a discussion. Why is discussion all in caps with an exclamation point? Wait, there's one more. In Tiki's foreign tongue, (laughs) Claire and Indy exchange a shocked glance and dash out of the room. Interior cage. Uh, Can we address the fact that this dude's kept in a cage? He's clearly intelligent. (laughs) He's he's an adult. Like, (laughs) yeah, like an adult. What does he? What does he have? Like carry around a knife and just stabs people with it sometimes. Yeah, like, I've I've got beef with Claire, like making a scene. So she's like, "Yeah, this fruit fly, it only has a lifespan of twenty four hours. That was three weeks ago, and you killed it." And he's like, "Right, when did the experiment end?" Like, yeah, like, <laughs> like <laughs> by your logic, it's immortal. <laughs> it should have died a long time ago. Yeah, like, I am merely putting things right. <laughs> Experiment is a success. Yeah, yeah, you, d- at you did it. At this point, like, you, you did it. You're good. Don't fucking balk at me, bitch. She just left on a steamboat yeah. and shit. Like, She's that, like, that flies still lifespan. alive when I come back. The fly's lifespan is already 21 times what it should be, which is far in excess of the claimed <laughs> lifespan of Tiki. Tiki is not 21 years or 21 lifetimes at 200 years old. He's maybe four lifetimes. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. That's true. That's yeah. good math. Yeah. And I mean, that's that's being generous at four. Like, I don't know. What's the average lifespan of a in, tiny African Africa? man? <laughs> 50 years, Third, let's say. 50, maybe max. Good luck. Yeah. So like four lifetimes. Anyway, uh, I don't know why they're keeping that dude in a cage. Don't know why that cage has an adjoining room. She doesn't know when the experiment is supposed to end. She's like, I heard he lives forever. Let's watch. <laughs> you know, let's see how how long uh, before he starts aging when we take his fucking right. peach pit away from him. <laughs> the peach pit. <laughs> I can't believe you killed that fly. Now let's watch this human die. In this cage. We've had multiple experiments going on. <laughs> Oh, it's every, every room of this cage is an experiment. <laughs> That's true with the monkey fucking the chair. 
They're not fucking. He's just excited about the banana peel smell. Interior cage. Scraggy and Tiki are having a conversation. Claire points to Scraggy, giving a puzzled look to Indiana. He understands him. Scraggy knows hundreds of languages. He's the best guide in Africa. Ask Tiki where he came from. Scraggy nods and asks Tiki. Tiki answers and points to the painting of the clouds. Scraggy translates. He say, I come from land of city on clouds. Huh? What the hell is that supposed to mean? Can he take us there? Wait, to to Bespin? Is, is he from Bespin? <laughs> no! <laughs> Scraggy asks Tiki. Tiki answers. He and Scraggy laugh hysterically. Scraggy looks at Indiana. He say if he could, he would go back. I mean, we'll let you out of the cage. <laughs> take us take us to the city in the clouds. We killed his fruit fly friend. Tiny immortal man. <laughs> uh, Tiki offers some information to Scraggy. Scraggy translates. He say, Pai Cho may help you. Indiana's eyes widen, startled, amazed. Claire looks at Indy, puzzled. Pai Chow. The sacred proverbs of writings of Sun Wukong. His disciples are always carry the Pai Cho with them. Scraggy asks Tiki. The pygmy nods and removes his belt. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. We see that the thick belt actually unravels into a cloth scroll. Tiki kisses the scroll and gives it to Scraggy. Scraggy nervously opens the scroll. He didn't bless it first? Blessed it with <gasps> his mouth. It is filled with countless ancient Chinese writings and proverbs. Indiana stares over Scraggy's shoulder. Can you translate it? Scraggy nods. Indiana's eyes anxiously scan the document. He is breathless, excited. The soundtrack music soars. Can we count how many times he says that in the script? Because I think this is at least three. I know it's at least three. Possibly more. <laughs> um, anyway, why don't you guys do do the thing for when that line is. The soundtrack music scores. Soars. <laughs> I don't think that's the one. I think it's the the happy, yeah, like, I don't. like the one that the pianos like go. Uh, no, it's always. Suddenly, Betsy and the chimpanzee fall into frame on top of the scroll. Bonzo straddles Betsy, trying to move his lips toward hers. She is screaming. Oh yeah, that's me. You're Harley. Get him off of me! Bonzo moves its lips to Betsy and gives her a big kiss. She's gonna reject him, and then he's gonna try to hang himself <laughs> three times. <laughs> no, the the opposite. She's gonna try to go back to the cage. She's gonna be like, "Fuck off!" Like, and she's like ah! <laughs> smack. Betsy grimaces. Finally, Claire begins to make bizarre m- monkey hand motions and sounds. Bonzo turns. He understands Claire. She continues to communicate with the chimp until Bonzo turns. She's amazed that Scraggy can communicate with a human, and then she turns and starts talking to a chimpanzee. This is some Rudyard Kipling-level fucking racism going on. (laughs) This is some bizarre shit. She's like, oh, it only took us two weeks to teach him how to shake hands <laughs> he's almost as smart as a dog he's 200 years old like this is actually a prequel to Congo like he's looking Congo at is a far better movie and <laughs> Congo is not a great movie Amy sad <laughs> Amy hurt Amy cry Amy cry and that dude was fucking that gorilla can oh, we agree sure. on that oh, for yeah. sure oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. moving on She continues to communicate with the chimp until Bonzo turns and runs out of the cage. Indiana and Scraggy exchange an impressed glance. 
Betsy wipes the kiss from her lips. Just as an aside, a chimpanzee has like three times the strength of a normal man. Like she would have, oh. there would have been no contest. He like, could twist her head around yeah, just in an instant without like, even thinking. This about was it. as close as he could get to trying to ask for consent. <laughs> Like he's yeah. like one tenth of my chimp powers. Big old kiss. <laughs> well, at least he extended that courtesy. He did. It's like you smell like nanas <laughs> and human feces. My two favorite things. I love those, and I love you. <laughs> I'm gonna eat you and throw you at people. <laughs> Amy Horny. <laughs> Cut to close up. A flashing neon sign. It reads. Dashiel's American Bar. It adorns the front of a stylish Mozambique nightclub. Interior, Dashiel's Bar. Dimly lit, smoky, filled with cloth-covered tables and ornamental African furnishings. A nine-piece jazz band plays swing tunes. A few couples sway on the dance floor. The place is swarming with Nazis. (laughs) You don't expect that line. (laughs) Swarming with Nazis. Why aren't they all at the German bar? (laughs) Yeah, that's why it's a secret Nazi bar. They named it American bar. This American bar is popping. No Nazis here. very little jazz in Germany. (laughs) Yeah. Want a Philly cheese? They have such better beer here. Oh, shit. All our jazz musicians play the accordion. It's very strange. It's sad. It's a nine-piece accordion jazz. Artsy, artsy establishment in Mozambique. <laughs> Many are seated at the bar. Others are scattered at various tables throughout the restaurant. Some stand in corners, lurking in the shadows. They are all looking in one direction, watching one man. Indiana Jones. Indy sits with Scraggy, Claire, and Betsy at a table near the rear of the restaurant. They are eating dinner. But Indy screams. Scraggy and Claire are more interested in the stone monkey scrolls. A very nervous... Hey, we've got to translate these ancient scrolls. Let's go down to the Nazi bar. We'll do it there. <laughs> the American <laughs> bar. The American you know, the, Nazi bar. The smoky, dimly lit place, that's the best place to look over some ancient scrolls to translate them. We, you know, if you have too much light, it'll... Make it too easy? I'm not sleeping in a hotel room. I'm Indiana goddamn Jones. <laughs> to the pub. We need to turn these lights down and get some fucking Nazis in here. <laughs> uh-huh. A very nervous Scraggy translates. Indiana, wearing his spectacles, takes pages and pages of notes, searching for a clue. An interested Claire reads over Indiana's shoulder. Betsy tries to become included in the discussion, but everyone ignore her. ignores her. Scraggy continues to translate. <clears throat> Sun Wukong run like fire. He journeyed to mini monkey land to build his final empire. Who's Sun Wukong? Mini monkey land. That's a definite reference to Africa. Whoa! Africa? He journeyed to Africa? That confirms our suspicions that he may have formed this civilization here. What civilization? Betsy, keep your trap shut. This doesn't concern you. Fine. Terrific. Who cares about this stuff anyway? We're in a nightclub. We should be having fun. Come on, Indy. Let's dance. Later. What a bunch of stiffs. Bet you can't dance. Oh, wait. To Claire. Bet you can't dance. Quite the contrary. I spent several months studying dance. Oh yeah? What do you know? The bunny hop? The jitterbug? The... The bong doja. The kaibi kaibi. The dungamaro. Huh? African tribal dances. Never heard of them. Of course not. They're beyond the spectrum of your microscopic world. Shit. Man, like, you... Betsy is naturally hateable, but he's working to make Claire hateable, and he doesn't even know it. Yeah. She's, like, supposed to be, like, this, like, hot She could be nice to Betsy, and we would hate Betsy more. Right. He's bad at this. 
I studied the dab, the floss. <laughs> Insulted, Betsy gobbles dab, down dab, her dab. glass of wine and turns back to Indiana, who is still deeply concentrating on the scrolls. Under the table, uh-oh, Betsy's foot reaches across the floor. Oh, boy. It rests on Indy's leg. Betsy begins to rub against Indiana's trouser leg. The red-eyed mechanical bug is still attached to Indiana's trousers. Indiana glares at Betsy. Claire reaches for her cup of coffee. She notices that the coffee cup trembles slightly. Claire glances beneath the table and sees Betsy rubbing Indy's leg. Claire is disgusted. Above the table, Claire shoots a scowl of disapproval at Indy. A flustered Indy tries to explain, but is suddenly interrupted by a hand on his shoulder. That's another thing I've noticed a lot. This episode is, uh... A lot of the direction telling us that people are speaking without us actually, like... Hearing them Getting speak. any of the dialogue. Yeah. It's like just muttering off-screen. It is Dashiel, the suave, handsome owner of the restaurant. Dashiel gives a charming smile to everyone at the table. Enjoying your dinners? Can you make it a little more, um, I don't know, froofy? A little, uh, little more Tim Curry? <laughs> oh man, I got a good Tim Curry. <laughs> Enjoying Just- your dinners? <laughs> <laughs> no, make it suave. I can't make. I don't have a good suave. Jeff, no suave. I was going for fucking. You're lucky he showered. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Enjoying your dinners. It's like great. That. Wait, was that you? That was, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> you down. I said it's a credit. <laughs> Enjoying your dinners. Everyone nods, expressing their thanks. Dashio leans close to Indiana and whispers. I feel like my accent makes me guilty. I or like something. it. No, I like it. Watch yourself, sport. Most of the talk here tonight is about you, and it isn't good. Indiana's eyes dart around the room. He sees the various Nazis watching him. Indy gives a confident smile. A worried Dashiel continues whispering to Indiana. I don't know what you've done to the Nazis, but they are certainly no friends of yours. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Table Reads will return after this brief word from our sponsors. What's up, Docs and Docettes? Trevor Thompson, the self-appointed Looney Tunes critic here, and if you like old cartoons and watching online reviewers dissect them, then you probably said the same thing I did about two years ago. Hey, what the fuck? Here, watch your language, you bud. Every Saturday morning, I do a brand new commentary of a Warner Brothers short. All throughout the month, I do video essays examining the history of these cartoons. Catch my videos on youtube.com slash ferriswheelhouse2, or just use the hashtag Looney Tunes Critic. And now, here's Eric Bauza, the new voice of Bugs Bunny. You've been listening to the Looney Tunes Critic. Ain't he a stinker? Lights, camera, action. So the movie's kaput. Which means your script ain't worth the buffalo shit on a nickel. Now, back to Table Reads. I don't know what you did to the Nazis, but they're not fans of you. That's my favorite line I've ever read on this podcast. Have you not heard of Nazis, guy? You don't really have to antagonize them. Well, this is a third, third movie, too, right? So... You seem he did to, stuff to the Nazis, like yeah. But you seem to have upset the radical hate group, is what, <laughs> what yeah. Spawn's getting at. Yeah, that's like, yo, Jerome, what did you do to the KKK? They seem unhappy this with you. Super not stoked about you being here. <laughs> this is an American bar, <laughs> a fine American jazz establishment. There were something like forty million registered. Uh, members of the Nazi party in America uh, until 1939. They registered? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Until until they uh, invaded Poland, people were like, yeah, I like, sounds like a good political movement going on over there. These fascists. It's great. Was that like a box you checked when you signed in to the <laughs> doctor? Like- it was like being a vegan. 
<laughs> it was just like you you no register as a democrat or republican democrat republican I nazi s- i self-identify as a nazi yeah they come out they're like would you like some falafel no thank you i'm a nazi <laughs> 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 knock it out of their hand <laughs> out of my face <laughs> i'd pay no francs for that so let's find out why the Nazis are so upset, huh? <laughs> Fade in. Exterior. Zoological compound. Dark. Silent. Many of the animals are asleep in their cages. A security guard keeps watch on the compound. He stands outside of the metal gates. There is a sudden sound. The guard turns. The figures of the three men stand before him. In the shadows, the nervous guard places a hand on his holster. Who's there? <laughs> you guys took too long. <laughs> when we take Who's too long, Forrest Gump takes over. <laughs> <laughs> Who's at the zoo? <laughs> we hear a mechanical creak. A man's leather-gloved hand extends from the shadows. The hand's finger is pointed at the security guard. Close up. Various animals. The sound of a rapid machine gun fire throughout the camp. Camera records the animal's shocked reactions. The secure... Wait. Is he telling us that the film camera with which they are filming this movie is recording the animal's shocked reactions? There's not another camera here, right? Get some good gasp out of that goat. <laughs> That's so great. Yeah, he's telling us the camera records the animal's shock. Yeah, that's the camera's job to record stuff. That's... You don't give me shot direction. That's bizarre. It's bizarre the way he said it, too. It's not we see. It's not the camera lingers on. It's the camera records them. I I can't read it any other way. I'm trying. That's the only way I read it is that he was telling them to record shot reactions. Like, make sure to get B-roll. He may as well have said... Camera points at your cameraman. Points his camera at the. It's fucking <laughs> weird. The animals man. are afraid. <laughs> They're not shocked. That's the thing. Animals don't get shocked. They're yeah. not like machine gun. What is this? Hey, <gasps> yeah, yeah, yeah like, they'll get scared by the noise. But this is as if they're going like, oh no, he they killed Teddy. No way. I, I dropped my cell phone. <laughs> He's the nicest security guard we have. Did you see they killed Gomer Pyle, security guard? (laughs) I mean, I figured it didn't read. It didn't matter how I read him because he was about to die. Yeah, Yeah. his name was Guard. You were were He didn't even have a real name. His name is Guard. He's around a a compound in the dark. I mean. It's a living. His... (laughs) His character name may as well have been Jeff Character. Yeah, that's true. I should have read him. Start over. It's true. <laughs> Just read him Read him in your broken Asian voice. <laughs> the security guard lies on the ground, dead. That's its own sentence. His body riddled with bullets. The shiny black boots of the three men pass his body. We notice that one of the boots' shoelaces are untied. <laughs> that's that guy's whole... Like that's his character. Yeah, that's his defining trait. Is he can't tie his. He never learned how to tie his right shoe. That's definitely a Jeff character. They use that in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull when he when he gets out of the car and they're like, "Where's your papers?" And he bends down to tie his shoe, and everybody like steps out like a Shiva thing (laughs) and ends up shooting everybody. (laughs) They actually reuse that shot. I have no recollection of that. I don't know what the movie you're referring to is. It's the Academy Award winner where he did his own stunt in the refrigerator. I don't I don't know anything about refrigerators. Oh, come on, Sean. It was when he whipped through with the monkeys on the vine. Just do it. He who? Indiana Jones's son. Indiana. Annapolis. Uh, are you, reco- are you referring to... Are you referring to the young Indiana Jones Chronicles? That's... That's I think you're confused, No, Jeff. that's... Whatever that's, movie you're referring to clearly does not exist. That's River Phoenix. <laughs> um, Tiki stares into the dark night. At, <laughs> what are you doing here? <laughs> you're a tiny person. Fuck you, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff almost drowned on his monster juice. <laughs> 
Fear covers his face. He is seated inside of his cage. A candle flickers beside him. Tiki's hands rest on the beautiful tape tapestry. Tiki listens. He hears footsteps coming toward his cage. Tiki reaches to his side. He grabs a stone dagger. He does have a dagger. A dagger and a candle and a tapestry in a cage. I don't get I don't get this. I don't get any of this. I feel like after 200 years he would have realized that a stone dagger sucks. Like he could get a regular fucking dagger like 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 from a human. Like right. use the yeah. stone dagger yeah. right. to stab a human with a real dagger. Just take and take their dagger. Real dagger gun. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly a lewd gunshot. Oh, it is lewd. And it's gone shot. A loot gone shot. Loot gone shot. Maybe, maybe it's still like he's stuck in Scotland mode. Uh, a loot gone shot. It's a loot gunshot. Yeah, gun I mean shot. this. This what I assume is loud gunshot reads like someone saying that on Scottish people Twitter. That's true. It's a loot gunshot. <laughs> yeah. Suddenly, a loot gone shot. Loot gone shot. <laughs> The splintered lock from Tiki's cage goes spinning across the floor. The cage door creaks open. Gutterbug stands in the doorway. Two Nazi soldiers, Helmut and Klaus, who we met earlier. <laughs> Klaatsche. So close to Klaus. <laughs> it's supposed to be Klaus. I, I think he just had mini strokes as he was typing this. Well, this is Klaus's brother, Klaus. <laughs> Are beside him. <laughs> Gutterbug smiles. His stiff right arm extends from his side. His leather-gloved index finger is pointing ahead. Tiki growls at the Nazis. He stands, raising the stone dagger over his head. (gasps) Gutterbug's finger begins to rapidly fire bullets. His mechanical arm is actually a machine gun. A macy gun. Best movie! (laughs) I give up. Brap, brap. I want this now. Indiana, brap, brap. <laughs> Fucking Inspector Gadget walks through the compound. <laughs> Inspector Gutterbug. And I thought Alien Skulls was stupid in an Indiana Jones movie. Wrong. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what movie I'm talking about. <laughs> Wait, he does know. <laughs> the bullets tear through Tiki's tapestry. Tiki tapestry. They make a crooked, tattered line through the beautiful work, destroying it. A terrified Tiki watches. Gutterbug stops shooting. Where, where do the, where do the bullets go? Oh, here we go. He removes the empty cartridge from a slot in his mechanical arm and replaces it with another. He points the deadly finger at Tiki. A trembling Tiki drops the dagger. The three Nazis walk toward the helpless pygmy. I hate this so much. That was amazing. I hate this dun, dun, dun. so, so dun, dun, dun. much. That's why the animals were shocked. They're like, oh, he's got a gun for him. Indiana Jones. Help. Cut to interior, Dashiel's bar. Indiana, Scraggy, and Claire continue to excitedly study the map. A neglected Betsy pours herself the last of the wine. She is very drunk, singing along with the band's version of Cole Porter's Night and Day. Night and <laughs> That's not in the script. Just wanted to do it. Shuffling madness. <laughs> Beneath the table, Betsy continues to rub her foot against Indiana's leg for like an hour. Straight hour. You know what you should do, Jeff? Hmm. It just occurred to me that we could do foley. Like when there's a lot of this stuff, we could have foley like you footsteps. You want to like rub my leg on No, you can have like some paper <laughs> and you can like have shoes and That's shit. That's a good pickup line. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you want to uh, do some foley later? You want to do some foley? <laughs> stick your foot over here. <laughs> well, it would, it, would, it would be like, it would like add shape to it. Right. Like, no, you're not wrong. Hey girl, cool. you want to be in the movies? <laughs> Indiana tries to ignore Betsy's playing. Scraggy continues to translate the scroll. With his golden hooped rod, and its powerful lightning rays, Sun Wukong built water curtain, water curtain cave, where he lived for five hundred days. The golden hooped rod, a heavenly staff with many different powers. Most notably, it had the ability to transform itself into hundreds of objects. 
it remains the most priceless treasure of Sun Wukong's empire. And what is the the water curtain cave? Oh, come on. Sun Wukong's legendary hideout. An enormous secret cave hidden behind a running waterfall. Sun Wukong is Batman. I am the Peach Knight. The Peach Knight? <laughs> if only my parents had a peach. <laughs> Claire again reaches for her coffee. The cup and saucer are still trembling. Claire peeks under the table and again sees Betsy's foot rubbing against Indiana's leg. Claire gives a revolted grumble. Indiana excitedly explains Scraggy's translation. This proves that the water curtain cave exists in Africa. Does it mention anything about Sun Wukong's travels? That's like saying... It's like reading the Bible and going, this proves that the Garden of Eden is over there. <laughs> over there. It's in that vicinity. Montana. Only place called Twisted Snake Water. The Zarnbezi River. It has a reputation for its deadly water snakes. It could have been Sung Wukong's logical path. It would have been. Even, you know... It will also be our logical path. Claire smiles. Beneath the table, Betsy's foot continues to rub Indiana's leg. Finally, Indy reaches down, trying to slap Betsy's foot away. But Indy's hand stumbles upon something else. The mechanical bug. Indy tries to remove the bug, but the tiny device won't budge. Above the table, Indiana's hand is buried beneath the table, struggling to remove the bug. To Claire, it appears as if Indy is playing with (coughs) (coughs) Betsy's foot. Claire gives an incredulous look to Indiana. Please try to control that monstrous libido of yours. Yuck. They fucking got him. (sighs) Indiana finally removes the mechanical bug. He lifts it above the table, examining it. Claire is about to ask a question. Indy indicates for her to shh. He covers the bug and whispers to the others. We have to get back to the compound. Tiki may be in danger. Indiana, Claire, and Scraggy hurry from the table. A tipsy Betsy follows. Indiana passes the jazz band. He nonchalantly drops the mechanical bug into the trumpet player's horn. The trumpet player hits a piercing high note. Mm, Cut to Nazi headquarters. The Nazi wearing the radio headphones emits a loud scream. <laughs> His eardrums bursting with the trumpet sound. Ah, fuck. Ah. Okay, I did it. <laughs> Cut to interior compound. Gutterbug, Klaus, and Helmet lead the bound and gags Tiki out of the compound. They keep their Lugers and Finger, I guess, at his back. Suddenly, Klaus trips over something. A fawn. Klaus growls. He shouts a German order to Helmet, who grabs a tight hold of the baby deer. Klaus aims his Luger at the fawn's head. Gutterbug and Helmet exchange a chilling laugh. Tiki stares in horror. Klaus clicks the Luger, ready to shoot. There is an earth-shattering crack! A whip shoots into frame. The whip wraps itself around the Luger tearing the gun out of Klaus's hand. The fawn breaks free and runs off. The Nazis exchange a shocked glance. They turn and see Indiana Jones. That was appropriate. He stands a few feet away, holding the whip. Indiana points to Tiki, angrily shouting to the Nazis. Get your hands off him! Gutterbug lodges? Lunges, maybe? Laughs. Oh, Gutterbug laughs. He points his finger at Indiana. I fucking hate this. I love this. (laughs) Indy is puzzled. The finger begins to shoot. Rapid machine gun fire. Indy dives for cover. Faster than a speeding bullet, I guess. The finger begins to shoot. (laughs) That's the best. That's the the tag for when you post this episode. (laughs) 
Episode 90 something. The finger begins to shoot. That could be the byline for this movie. Yeah, there you go. You'll believe a man can fucking shoot a... (laughs) A woman buried when bananas. It's not even gutter bug shoots. It's the finger begins to shoot. (laughs) It's a Dick Tracy villain. No control over his hand. (laughs) It's just the finger. What is the trigger? Is it his other fingers? Yeah, probably And obviously you can't ever bend that finger. You don't have articulated barrels. So true, just fold up so forever he's been walking around. Straight. I don't think he needed his he always orders, like he always orders one of everything. <laughs> well, I like that his thumb is the hammer I'm, though. I <laughs> 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 like they couldn't have done me that favor. <laughs> we are number one. Holding Tiki captive, the Nazis turn and begin to run out of the compound. Indy gets to his feet. He lifts his gun, ready to shoot. But the Nazis are running behind several rows of cages filled with animals. Indiana can't shoot. She dashes back outside. They're they're Nazis. Like, I feel like a deer is worth accidentally hitting to kill a Nazi, right? They're Nazis. (laughs) With bullet fingers. Exterior, zoological compound. Located on the waterfront, countless rows of long wooden docks line the marina. The Nazis run to below a rotted ancient dock. Here, one of their speedboats waits. Motor running. Rudolph, a pudgy Nazi, is at the wheel. (laughs) (laughs) Never was there such a thing. Uh, Colonel Clink. Oh, Colonel Clink. See, there you go. That's true. I know nothing. Uh, A pudgy Nazi is at the wheel. The Nazis hurriedly climb into the speedboat, pushing Tiki inside with them. Indy runs to Scraggy's Model T. Scraggy sits in the driver's seat. Betsy and Claire sit in the rear. A drunk Betsy still sings night and day. Indy leaps onto the sideboard. He sees the Nazis ahead, climbing into the speedboat. Indy motions for Scraggy to drive, fast, toward the dock. The Nazi speedboat shoots forward, moving beneath the dock. Scraggy's Model T follows above, along the shaky dock. Indiana rides the car's rusted sideboard. He sees the speedboat below, through the wide opening in the dock's slated board. Slatted? Slated? Slated boards. Indy begins to shoot at the Nazis. Gutterbug raises his mechanical arm, firing shots back at Indiana. Machine gun fire splinters the dock boards, slicing through the Model T. The side mirror is blasted to pieces. The floor beneath Betsy and Claire erupts with flying bullets, just missing the girls. Claire is horrified. Betsy laughs hysterically. The Model T is less than 20 feet from the end of the dock. If they continue ahead, the car will plunge several feet into the water. But Scraggy doesn't take his foot from the gas. Gutterbug smiles, seeing the vast ocean ahead, knowing he's almost free. As he dodges bullets, Indiana sees the end of the dock ahead. He shouts to Scraggy, When I tell you, hit the brakes! Scraggy nods. Hmm. The end of the dock is only a few feet ahead, getting closer, closer. Claire covers her eyes. Between hiccups, Betsy laughingly sings. Indy looks to the speedboat, back to the approaching dock edge. He pauses, waiting for the right moment. He screams. Now, Scraggy! Scraggy's foot slams on the brakes. The sudden jolt sends Indy flying into the air. The speedboat shoots out from beneath the dock. Indiana lands directly on top of the speedboat. A spectacular stunt! If I do say so myself! Helmet points his gun at Indy. Indy reacts with a swift kick to Helmet's jaw. The Nazi hits the deck, out cold. Klaus comes for Indy. They begin to fight. An angry Gutterbug tries to shoot, but Indy and Klaus move too quickly. Gutterbug can't get a clear shot. The Model T has come to a stop, safe. Its front wheels teeter over the dock's edge. Scraggy Betsy and Claire get out. Claire catches her breath, knees shaking. Betsy is still laughing. About time we had some fun. 
A worried Scraggy sees Indiana fighting with the Nazis. Bad spirits have Indy. He in trouble. Big trouble. Scraggy runs off screen. The Nazi speedboat is headed toward the side of an enormous ocean liner. Gutterbug radios for help. Indiana and Klaus continue to fight, rolling along the deck. Exchanging punches, a bound Tiki watches with wide eyes, helpless. The speedboat makes a sudden sharp turn, avoiding a collision with the ocean liner. Indiana and Klaus tumble off the boat. (laughs) Okay, it's Indiana and Klaus tumble off, comma, the boat, exclamation point, into the water, exclamation point. They tumble off the boat, into the water. Underwater, Indiana and Klaus continue their battle. They wrestle only a few feet from the ship's large spinning steel propellers. The propellers create a suction force, drawing Indian Klaus closer, closer, toward a spinning death. Indian Klaus grab hold of a dangling steel anchor, preventing their bodies from being sucked into the propellers. Klaus pulls a switchblade from his pocket. He okay, prediction. Untied shoelace, trails back to the propeller, gets tangled, sucks Klaus in. What do you think? Pretty likely. Two chop Nazis in the same series? Why didn't he pull the fucking blade earlier? Oh, boy. Klaus pulls a switchblade from his pocket. He attacks Indy's clenched fingers with a knife. Ah. Indy begins to lose his grip. His body inches toward the propellers. Oh, no. Klaus raises the knife to finish off Indiana. But Klaus's untied shoelace Uh. dangles beside the propellers. The shoelace catches a spinning blade. The shocked Nazi is pulled into the propellers. Indiana turns away, holding tightly to the anchor. A blood-red cloud surges through the surrounding water. Indiana climbs the anchor to safety. They did that in the first one. (laughs) But instead without bad Nazi... Sorry... The shocked Nazi. <laughs> what kind of boat has an anchor dangling that far next to their propeller? Not a speedboat. <laughs> or is this the ocean liner? Are they well, on the ocean, ocean liner? The ocean liner has an anchor at the front. They got multiple. You don't know how many anchors they need. You do not know how many anchors my ocean oh, liner has. My downfall was terrible Nazi footwear. <laughs> I told him to tie his shoes. Adidas sucks. <laughs> All day I dream about genocide. And then I am genocided. <laughs> oh no, I am genocided. <laughs> it's the thing when he's gonna. I'm being genocided. <laughs> That's my job. Above water, Indiana surfaces, taking a gulp of air. Suddenly, the water in front of him erupts with machine gun fire. Indiana sees Gutterbug. He has parked the Nazi speedboat only a few feet away. Gutterbug smiles, pointing his finger at the helpless Indiana, a sitting duck. Gutterbug smiles. Good night, Dr. Jones. There is a loud gunshot. Gutterbug's mechanical arm is hit by a bullet. Pieces of spring, metal, and sprockets fly from the wound. Gutterbug turns, furious. Dashiel, the nightclub owner, is a few feet away. He is driving a sleek speedboat, its side adorned with the American flag. Secret Nazi. Dashiel points a pistol at Gutterbug, ready to take another shot. With a roar, the Nazi speedboat drives away. Sorry, I needed to change that music. Toward a cluster of docks, Indiana climbs into Dashiel's speedboat. Scroggy said you may be needing some help, Sport. <laughs> Dashiel hits the gas, tearing after the Nazis. A frenzied high-speed chase begins. Oh, Jesus, how long is this? Oh, we're going again. A frenzied high-speed chase begins through the darkness beneath the row of docks. The speedboats face countless obstacles. They swerve around a virtual forest of wooden poles which fly by at breakneck speed. The men duck and dodge dangling fish hooks and nets. <laughs> That's the big obstacle. Ooh, a hook! 
Why are they dangling? Why aren't they in the water? Yeah. Right? Who's, <laughs> like, just who's just hooks? holding their hook four feet above the water? Mo, catch me a Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> Fishing for Nazis. Fishing for Nazis. Yeah, that's a better movie. <laughs> it's on the Mozambique. Most things are. <laughs> the Mozambique Outdoor Life Network. <laughs> Many paths are blocked by the wooden rafts and rowboats. Note, because of the darkness, these obstacles appear only when they are a few feet ahead of the speedboats. This makes the chase completely surprising and scary, <laughs> causing a funhouse. Oh my god! God, I hate this. <laughs> Throughout the chase, Indiana and the Nazis continue to exchange gunfire. That's also the worst band name ever. Which one? Indiana I- and the Nazis. <laughs> I was gonna say Nazi gunfire. <laughs> I'm Indiana. These are my Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> A frustrated gutter bug can't shoot. His mechanical machine gun ma- machine gun arm rendered useless by Dashiel's bullet. He could like can- grab a gun with his other hand. <laughs> How can I shoot someone when my gun hand is there? <laughs> can he still like articulate his fingers at no, all? We, no, we talked about this. that. Yeah, he made a good point. You can't really like fold a gun barrel. <laughs> Maybe it's very, very high-quality machine gun finger. I mean, it it's has German to be. engineering, of course. Yeah. I've never heard of a low-grade machine gun finger. I think there's only, <laughs> it's like finding a, not fancy ketchup. Just a cobbled-together machine gun hand for this Nazi gutter bug. I'm trying to save up for the better version. <laughs> yeah, it's a BMW. Haruga. Um, he continues to radio Nazi headquarters for help. Dashiel catches up with the Nazis. The two speedboats travel side by side. Their edges scrape together. Sparks fly. The recovered helmet aims his Luger Indiana, but Indy leaps toward the Nazi. The two fall, rolling, tumbling, struggling for the gun. They fight between the two speedboats, the crack below them slightly opening and closing. Up ahead, an enormous stone pole appears. To avoid a collision, the speedboats must separate. Andy, roll out! <laughs> Hold on, I had a, I had a line first. Dashiel screams. Oh, sorry. Do it again. Andy, roll out! <laughs> Andy frees himself from Helmet and rolls back onto Dashiel's boat. Helmet looks up. He sees the stone pole ahead, coming at him. Helmet tries to move. Too late. The two boats separate. Helmet smacks into the pole, crushed. Dashiel turns away from the wheel, looking at Indiana. You okay, Spark? Indiana begins to answer, then sees something. Ahead. He screams. Dash! Dashiel turns back. The speedboat is headed straight for a solid wooden wall. A sign on the wall reads, Futterman's Fishing Warehouse. The Nazi speedboat has already made a sharp turn, avoiding the warehouse. There's no time for Dashiel to turn. Indy hits the deck. The speedboat arches upward at an angle. Crash! The speedboat blasts into the warehouse. Splintered wood splatters through the air. Fade out. This guy writes some bizarre and nonsensical action sequences. I fucking love this action. <laughs> Everything since Machine Gun, Gun Art. Dude, this has been amazing. It's too bad. I should have been wearing my helmet. It, it really seems this. like he's trying to write a James Bond movie now. It kind of does. If I, was a kid, yeah. if I was a kid and had this on VHS, I would always just fast forward through the beginning part and just start at the end. Oh, the banana part. Boom. You know that he's like writing this going, Gun Finger. <laughs> <laughs> He's the man. <laughs> and then, you know, uh, Dash on his American flag boat is basically just Felix. Yeah. To Indy's bond. That's true. He's a, just trying to be a retired guy here with my he's, American bar. He's got his bond girls. The dumb one. The smart, sophisticated one. 
Who's a bitch? It's a wait. Which one's the dumb one? Scooby Doo James Bond mashup. Yeah, Scooby Doo plus James Bond equals Indiana Jones. Everybody knows that. It's it's funny to see because this this was supposed to be the third one, right? Yes. So it's it's really funny to see all the things they took from this one, like the speedboat scene that was in uh, Raiders of the or um, the third Crystal one. Skull. No, the third one. Well, uh, Last Crusade. Yeah, the Last Crusade. There was the speedboat part in that one. Um, the member with the the cult or whatever that was like protecting the oh yeah and this has a, a peach stone of immortality the same way sure that the thing works so they just took a lot of the ideas that weren't garbage <laughs> and then just put them into the actual third one that they came up with yeah so they basically found like eight scraps out of the shredder bin and went oh let's use these I'm waiting for right. the part where Sean Connery also a James Bond uh, uh, where Sean Connery gets his umbrella and like scares some seagulls and crashes the plane. It's Betsy, but with bananas. It's <laughs> like, <laughs> get out of here. Maybe Betsy was supposed to be his dad. Like, the character that he's constantly annoyed by that's kind of slowing down the thing because he was always like yeah. aloof. Oh, and now yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 that's true. You remember the scene where Sean Connery tried to kill himself because <laughs> Indy wouldn't fuck him anymore. <laughs> we named the dog Indiana. <laughs> all right so as usual jeff's got nothing i'm a normal person he has no internet presence he uses dialog that's true meanwhile joshua j baker i do some stuff on the internet uh i can do voiceover i can do videography for you uh yeah, joshuajbaker.com. Contact me directly. M-E, me at joshuajbaker.com. And if you want some more Table Reads, we're on Instagram and Twitter at The Table Reads, on Facebook at facebook.com slash table reads. Um, you can find us on YouTube at youtube.tablereadspodcast.com. And if you want to know where you can listen to us on any platform at all, just go to tablereadspodcast.com slash listen and uh, all of it is there so tune in subscribe get us some get you some uh, awesome us in your ear holes yeah and (laughs) we'll be back next week until then you know we're gonna miss you this podcast was created by Sean McBee For more, visit TableReadsPodcast.com. Cut to black.